You are listening to A Quiet Mind. Hello everyone, and welcome back to this present moment. Uh, Needless to say, you haven't heard from me in a few months. Uh, A lot of interesting things have occurred during that time, and I'm going to share a few of those things with you. I'm sitting in a newly constructed vocal booth that I've created here in my house. Had a little bit of a battle with trying to record quietly, especially since uh, I play the Native American flute and have been working on a recording, as some of you know, for quite a while now, and trying to find that quiet space has been very, very challenging. And here in our new neighborhood, you know, there's a there are a lot of people coming and going. We didn't have that before in uh, the previous place we lived when we lived in Reston, Virginia. It was a, you know, a fairly soundproof building. So I come to you in a four by five by seven foot little vocal booth that I created from... Uh, one-inch PVC pipe. I should take some pictures. It's really funny. I have SpongeBob blanket here that my Aunt Barbara made for me and a quilt that I bought in Taos, New Mexico, and just a feather bed that I found here at a garage sale for $5. And what's really hilarious is here I am packed in here with all my stuff and and, and Crucita and Arlo, you know, they, they want to get in here. They want to they want to know who I'm talking to, <laughs> the two dogs, you know, they want to come in and see what's going on. So you may hear them come in because uh, they're very interested in what's going in and on inside the newly constructed cave of wonders. And they're totally fascinated by it. So uh, this should be proved to be an interesting podcast. We've been working for quite a while now um, in the subject of uh subject has been receive, embrace, transform, or rather the uh, series. And I, I feel that until I've really gone through something myself, or, you know, it's, it's no coincidence that whatever I'm podcasting about, in turn, I'm, I'm going through that. And uh, it, it's quite funny at times, because I feel that I can't come and speak to you until I have adequately found my way uh, out of the circumstance that we're um, working on. And I'm not going to do that anymore. I've just kind of decided that I'm going to come and report to you the the difficulties that I'm going through along the way as well and share those with you and hopefully open up the community on aquietmind.com, create a bulletin board type of... uh, situation there where we can share a little bit more about what we're going through. But uh, to uh, make a long story short, I'd like to just give you a couple of quotes that have meant a lot to me. And here's a book that I've been reading, I don't know, for 20 years. There was a period of time when I first got the book, when I was living in Hawaii on the Big Island, that, um, you know, was reading it uh, every day 
all the way through, like right before bed, I would, I would read the entire book and uh, did a lot of reflecting on it at the time. And uh, I find it a, a one, of the, one of the most profound spiritual books ever written. And it, uh, it probes into all the things that we probe into here at A Quiet Mind. And it does it in such a way that as you read it, every time it changes. And it seems to answer deep spiritual you know, questions when you're in a conundrum. Not unlike other spiritual texts that I've read. By the way, this book is called The Tao Te Ching, and it was written by a man called Lao Tzu. Um, I have, uh, on the website now, I have a little uh, recommendation uh, for Amazon uh, where I'm recommending these books that I'm going to be talking about, these books that I've read um, starting back when I was about 10 years old, and... uh, You know, these books that uh, I constantly come back to and refer to within the podcast or draw inspiration from, or I constantly go to just to, uh, you know, have a question answered uh, by something outside of my analytical mind um, when I'm especially open. Or sometimes I'll be reading along in a, maybe a rather unconscious manner, and a little gem will will pop out of one of these uh, sayings or sutras or, you know, even some of the, the psalms that I've read in the Bible. Uh, I read all books equally. Um, everything I have found out there basically is pointing towards the same thing in that we want to be better people, and we want to be more peaceful, have a more peaceful life. We want to learn to have empathy, and then, you know, we want to help others end their suffering. And all of these books that I've read, when it comes right down to it, that's their main focus. Anyway, getting back to this quote, uh, I'm not going to give you the whole quote, but it's the first thing that is said in this book, and it's, it's really, really profound. And it, it's always, that from the first time I've read it, it struck me, you know, like an arrow and seemed to pierce me deeply. And in a way that I really can't explain, which, which is uh, what this quote is about, it made perfect, absolute sense to some part of me somewhere. <laughs> it's this other being, consciousness, awareness, it rang true with that inside of me at a time when, you know, I was really having a lot of trouble with uh, substance abuse um, and anger and uh, at a time when I was in, you know, so much pain and then that pain in itself was turned towards me and, uh, you know, I, I constantly was you know, beating myself up and, and kind of living in a, in a world of, of hate and anger and misery. And I read this book, like I said, over and over again. And like I said, it was meeting something inside of me 
and for better words, because, you know, things always get lost in the words, and that's what the, what's funny about this. We're trying to describe something of the spiritual nature with the words, and things always seem to get lost in the translation. Like that old game we played when we were kids, that game where you would sit and one person would start off with the phrase, and I think they call it telephone or something like that when I was a kid. Um, one kid at the at the beginning of the line would start off with a phrase that teacher would give, and the, by the time it got to uh, the last child, you know, what did we have, 30 kids in the class? It was completely different. So that's what happens, getting lost in this translation and also trying to describe something that really can't be described but what must be experienced. So, why do I bother talking about it? Um, good question. <laughs> because I definitely have experienced uh, transformation in my life, which is, you know, what this podcast is about. I feel like I have transformed from a very angry, very hurt, very lonely individual who was in deep, deep pain and suffering and blamed the everything outside of him. That's the old me. Uh, still have those old habits, believe me, perking up every once in a while. But So what I'm trying to say is that uh, when this transformation occurred over a period of, I would imagine, 20 years of study and then in turn, meditation. And sometimes I struggle coming to talk to you and, and do a podcast because I think, you can't explain this. You can't explain this to people. And then I always remember when I first picked up this book and what made me buy it when I opened it up and it said, the Tao that can be told is not the eternal Tao. The name that can be named is not the eternal name. The nameless is the beginning of heaven and earth. The named is the mother of ten thousand things. Ever desireless, one can see the mystery. Ever desiring, one sees the manifestations. These two spring from the same source, but differ in name. This appears as darkness, darkness within darkness, the gate to all mystery. Just take a moment uh, and be quiet with me. Together we'll just be quiet. This says to me many different things, but the thing that gives me hope to keep talking about the experiences that I've had and the things that I've learned and the transformation that's occurred in my life is, is this book says, you know, you, we can't talk about the real Tao. <laughs> you, you can't tell somebody about it. It's not possible. And the thing that can be named is not really the, 
the name. And the thing that can't be named is the beginning of everything. So without really going into this too much, and, and you know, because it, it can seem really confusing, like putting your brain in a blender, but that's exactly what it's supposed to do. What it's saying basically is, we can't talk about it. And then it goes on to talk about it, you know, for, for several pages here. What do we have? I'm pawing through it here. Um, that was uh, number one. And it goes on for to 81, <laughs> trying to tell the eternal Tao. And the Tao means a lot of different things. Um, probably the easiest way to put it is it, it is to say it's um, the way. And basically, to give you a just a real basic viewpoint of it, it's kind of about going with the flow. And that's saying it as its simplest form. I know I may get some emails about that, but that's really what it is in its simplest form. It's going, th- going with the flow that we can go against what is happening in our lives or that we can flow with things, accepting them as they are. And whatever we need along the way will come to us. We don't need to create things. And another thing that it talks about that's really beautiful, it talks about this um, concept of the uncarved block or being like a child. And I have another recommendation of a book about that. It's called The Tao of Pooh. You know, Winnie the Pooh. And, and it's, it's really wonderful. It's a beautiful book. And some of us need it taken down into that more simple form. When we see Pooh and how he did things, he was really quite remarkable because he really truly did just kind of go with the flow, didn't judge, and uh, wasn't very hard on himself or others. And that's what brings us uh, back to this concept that we have of transformation and we can certainly transform or in, in when we conceptualize we can transform what's going on outside of us we can make a move we can change jobs we can move on from our partner to a new partner uh we can, uh, you know, get a new car. Uh, we can move to a new state or a new city. Um, we can change our bodies. We can get surgeries done. We can lose weight. That's a transformation. And when I come back to the concept of transformation, I, I always think about when I was a little kid, we used to go out and um, get the cocoons, you know, you know, the cocoons and put them in a jar on a stick and, you know, we'd watch them turn from this strange alien looking pill form encapsulated thing into a beautiful butterfly and it was amazing and and we understood that it started out as a caterpillar you know a worm and then it it built this shell around itself and then uh, inside this amazing transformation was taking place and then suddenly one day it would burst open and if you were lucky, you'd be there in this beautiful... I remember, I think the first time I saw it was a monarch, you know, the, the black and orange butterfly came out. And, oh my gosh, it was just... Oh, it was amazing. It was like, it was magic. It was magical. 
So whenever I think of transformation, I think of that. Seeing the beautiful butterfly break its way out of that alien-hardened armor of the cocoon and remembering it being, you know, rolled up is still kind of in the form of a worm and then suddenly very, very slowly, you know, seeing its wings come out and watching the wings spread and then, you know, as it moved around, you know, it would start to, to try to flap the wings and it would, you know, dry and then suddenly turn, you know, after a period of time, became something completely different, though Though the body was still a little reminiscent of the caterpillar, you had this beautiful, amazing winged creature come from that. And recently somebody told me something that I thought was rather interesting. Um, another story <laughs> that we need to talk about is recently I spent uh, quite a bit of time at uh, Zendo, and uh, I had the wonderful opportunity of sitting a session with um, a wonderful group of Zen practitioners near me. And a session is where you sit for, you know, from, I think we started at six in the morning and, and meditated to nine o'clock at night. Of course, there were, you know, break periods in between, but it was a good maybe eight hours of meditation and that's something I really want to share more with you about because I experienced an amazing transformation during this that I want to share with you. But anyway, getting back to that story, someone there after the session um, told me that she had seen recently that uh, the, uh, the the transformation that happens with the worm or the caterpillar turning into a butterfly, that there's some kind of absorption that goes on where there are these attacking cells that actually destroy the old part of the caterpillar. And I don't really, you know, I didn't do any research on this, because as you know, I kind of shoot from the hip with these podcasts, so I may be wrong. But anyway, the thing that touched me and hit me really hard when she said this was, oh, you know, it does kind of feel that way when we're transforming ourselves, that we're actually, there's parts of us that are just attacking the other parts you know, trying to break them down and kind of turn them into a jelly <laughs> so they can be absorbed by the other parts. And of course, you know, it's all mind. Uh, you know, one of the things that I've been looking at or working with for a long time is is that fact that this is all mind, all of this that's happening, everything that we're experiencing, mind, mind, mind. And I got to sit with that for a long time and have some rather remarkable things to talk about from that. But getting back to our theme of transformation, uh, what I've come away with, I've been sitting with it for a very long time and many, many hours over the last couple of months, in that sitting uh, quietly uh, is a transformation. It's like the, the caterpillar creates the cocoon, a barrier around itself. And it's inside of this environment that it's created outside of itself that's, you know, it's protecting it from this time period where it's going through, where it's actually breaking itself down physically, you know, transforming itself 
from one form into an entirely different form. So when we sit down and we sit on our cushion, our chair, and we sit quietly, we are creating this kind of cocoon experience. And the most important thing that I have discovered from the attention that's been paid to, or the, you know, the focus that has been on my meditation, what I'm in a bit, what is transformation? What is transformation? How do I describe it to the listeners? And suddenly the, the thing that's come from all of this is that the, the personal transformation that we are creating for ourselves by sitting quietly, by looking deeply within, this is the most important transformation that we can make in our lives. This is the most important thing that we can do. As a matter of fact, it may be the purpose as to why we are here, regardless of there needing to be a purpose, which I've kind of thrown away after, especially after my, uh, you know, meditation experience that I had here recently where I went on the four-day retreat. But um, if we do need to label it, this is the, this could be the purpose as to why we are here. If we need a purpose, it could be about transformation. When we sit quietly, when we breathe, when we remember to be here in the moment, we are meeting ourselves in that moment. That's what's happening. We are confronting who we really are. About the second day that I was sitting in retreat, and I had never sat zazen before, and you can you can look that up on the search engine Z A Z E N zazen. I'd sat. I've been meditating, you know, for years. Uh, I don't know. I was trying to figure the other day. I think it's been twenty years. Um, not deeply. Not every day off and on, sporadic. Um, so sitting like this for this extended period of time brought about within me an amazing transformation. And as I was sitting, uh, what came to me, sitting quietly in this um, mountain zendo with the sound of uh, the fireplace behind me, the crackling wood and some, you know, animal noises from outside and some rats that were scurrying around. It was about the second day and I had been sitting maybe, I don't know, 12 hours. I have no no idea. Not, not in a row, but accumulated time period. And I had been in so much physical pain throughout the whole time. Um, I, I used to skateboard. I, I just still think I can skateboard, but <laughs> I uh, I don't really skateboard anymore. Uh, I used to skateboard, and I would skateboard at skate parks, and it was my mode of transportation as a as a kid. And I, you know, I try to get tricky and do little tricks and stuff, and so I fell constantly, and I was always falling on my left knee and just smashing it. And you know, we'd be skateboarding in in uh, emptied out swimming pools in Southern California, 
and uh, falling, cracking my knee and then get up and go again. You know, we didn't have any knee pads then or helmets or any of that. We just, you know, skateboarded. And uh, so I did a lot of injury to my left knee. And uh, I think early 20s, I injured it really, really bad falling, having a fall on the ice when I lived in Michigan. So uh, um, that being said, after I sat that many hours, uh, probably about half an hour into my first sit, (laughs) the first night that I was there, it hurt. So you can imagine by the second day, it was beyond hurting. It was agony. And uh, it hurt so bad. And we're all sitting there facing the wall you know, 20 of us or so in this beautiful uh, Zendo. And you know, I'm in agony, and everyone's quiet, and I'm, I'm in awe of them, and they're quiet. And many things go through your mind when you're doing this and you're staring at, uh, staring at the wall with your eyes open for watching your breath go in and out. And uh, I just started crying. I couldn't couldn't take the pain any longer, so I was crying, and I was kind of crying out in my mind, in my heart, to the group to help me, and I could believe that they couldn't see how much agony I was in, and, but I didn't get up. <laughs> I, I sat through it, day in, day, a couple of days, and the, the pinnacle of the pain happened, and suddenly a, a wonderful um, visit from the teacher of the Zendo, and who knows if it was a hallucination or a real visit, and then uh, joined in by the Buddha, you know, having this spiritual experience, and uh, they kind of reminded me of the Heart Sutra, which uh, I won't read here now, but uh, I would I would suggest you you look at the Heart Sutra if you haven't lately. Uh, so the Heart Sutra was ringing, and in so much it was, you know, saying, you know. No eyes, no nose, no tongue, no ears, you know, no, no Robert, no body, no Zendo, no teacher, and uh, no Sangha. It was saying these beautiful things over and over again in a mantra, and I was just crying. I was in so much pain, and then suddenly my knees began to talk in a cartoon voice, and my butt was talking, and they were all talking, telling the guy behind me, you know, ring the bell. You need to ring the bell. I can't take it anymore. I just can't. This is just too painful. Of, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I can't do it. And I began to laugh after I was crying because uh, because it was so funny to hear the cartoon voices, you know, talking to each other, the left knee, the right knee, the butt, you know, telling the guy to ring the bell, ring the bell. I can't take it anymore. So it was hilarious. And <laughs> I just began to laugh and I I was embarrassed. I thought I was going to, you know, uh, start laughing in the middle of all this, you know, complete silence and people just breathing, watching their breaths. And when I did that, I got this visit, you know, get from, you know, Buddha and teacher there telling me, you know, this heart sutra. And when that happened, uh, suddenly all these things just went away and there was a transformation there as I'm looking at the wall. Uh, and, uh, all I felt was was bliss, and and uh, you know meeting like I'm saying, uh, true self, and that is the true self. This thing that we call God or Buddha nature, Christ consciousness, um, the Tao, whatever you want to call it, 
that thing that you experience when everything else is stripped away from you. When, you know, you know the pain is stripped away, the, the anger, the fear, the frustration, the worry, the concern, the needing to get something, you know. We're, we're there, sitting there. What are we sitting there for? What? A, why am I staring at this wall? It's absolutely ridiculous. There, you know, there's a lot of other things I could be doing with my time. Um, you know, this doesn't make any sense. And, and then suddenly, as the the things fall away, the talking, the mind, and there's no, you know, getting rid of the mind, because. There was the moment of acceptance of the mind, because here it is. The body was there. Believe me, the body was there in a lot of pain, agony. Robert was there. And also, chattering, thinking mind was certainly there, telling Robert to do all kinds of different things. And in that moment, I saw and realized that Robert could never have sat that long in that much pain. Robert could never have done that. It was that Buddha nature, the Christ consciousness, that universal awareness, that energy of bliss, love, consciousness, that is there when everything else is stripped away was the one sitting, was the one that had always been sitting, one that will always sit. And I was there just to experience that. And that's why you just go sit quietly. So you can experience that. <laughs> Be patient. Sit. Be quiet. Keep coming back to your breath. There is a transformation that occur, occurs and it can only be experienced one-on-one. -on -one. Just like the Tao says there, it says, we can't talk about it. <laughs> we can't tell you what it is. Uh, but here's what we think <laughs> and what we've experienced. And that's all I'm trying to tell you. Here, here I am. Here's what I've experienced. So, the transformation, whether we want to make a transformation from our patterns in life, our habits, the things that we view as good or bad, if we want to make a transformation in how we think and feel and how we react to circumstances and things outside of ourselves, things that we can't control, how do we do it? If we meet our true self, we will be able to begin experientially, experientially, from, from direct experience, making that time to meet up with the true you self. Oh, labels, see already how the labels get in the way. If you sit quietly, you will experience this. Make the time in your life to be able to meet up with this consciousness.
that we all have within us. And it will bring about a very powerful transformation in your life. You don't need to sit there with the objective of enlightenment, enlightenment, enlightenment. I'm going to achieve, achieve, achieve. I have to change, change, change. You don't need to sit there with that in your mind. Just sit there with who you are. Meet yourself. Accept who you are, your circumstance. In this acceptance, in this meeting of who we are, it's the most powerful transformation that we can make. And from this, what stems from this, what grows from this, is the awareness of that silent observer whom we always talk about. That quiet part there, that consciousness, that bliss, that joy, that thing is something that we need to meet more often in our lives. So try to make the time to meet that part. I, even there, I can't say that it's not that part of you. It's, 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 it's the wrong description. If you can only do it once a week, do it. If you can only do it for five minutes, do five minutes. If you can do it for two minutes, if you can do it for an hour, fantastic. But just start with right now, with where you are, meeting this consciousness that does not judge, that is just pure awareness, pure beingness. That's about all I have to say about transformation. Um, I think that this is going to be a topic that may go on for quite a few podcasts, and I promise to come back to you on this uh, regardless of my circumstances. And now that I have my wonderful tent, uh, maybe I'll be able to record, even though that someone has been vacuuming on the ceiling the whole time I've been doing this. I hope we can get around that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks for listening. And uh, please visit the website. And uh, if this podcast has helped you in any way, or maybe it's helped someone that you loved, please um, visit uh, aquietmind.com, and you can see there's a donate button on the right-hand side where you can donate with PayPal. Uh, it really helps a lot with the, the cost and uh, ensuring that you know, we can get this out there for people who, uh, who really need it. And uh, also we're going to be, you know, putting, there's some advertising now that's on the site. It's uh, helping, helping a little bit. Um, we, uh, we also are going to begin to have uh, some sponsors. So uh, we're looking for, you know, like-minded businesses out there to uh, sponsor a quiet mind. And uh, if you do that, what I'll do is, um, you know, we'll do like a little 15-second spot at the end of one of these podcasts where we'll mention your business, and then we will uh, put some uh, form of, you know, advertising with on the site as well. And uh, 
the main thing that we're trying to do here is to uh, get it to be self-sufficient. So it's it's always there, uh, and you could depend on it. So thank you very much for listening. Please write to me if you have any interest in uh, anything that we've talked about here or uh, the advertising that we talked about as well on sponsorship. Robert at aquietmind.com Thank you.